You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Talking Turkey, presented by SB Nation's Gobbler Country. If you aren't already, like us and follow us on Facebook, check us out on Twitter, at Gobbler Country, and obviously check out the website, gobblercountry.com. Thanks for joining us today. I'm joined by John Snyder, our resident boomer. Thanks for being here with us, John. Hey, there's a lot of positive associated with today's game. What did you see today that gave you some hope? Okay, we lost. Everybody said we were going to lose. Number one, we beat the spread. Everybody said we weren't going to beat the spread. We beat the spread. No joke. This team kind of had a problem in the first half, and then something happened in the second half. They came out on the field, and there was different stuff going on on the field. That They were actually – they made adjustments, and the adjustments freaking worked for a change. We were yeah, saying finally. That and this. you know what? That goes all the way back to the last five years, right, John, where it's yeah. like – from the previous administration as well, where it's like, well, I guess there's no halftime adjustments to be made. And this time there was like, we won the second half. Okay. You got stat. You've got, you've been looking at the stats. Give us the stats because folks, yeah, it was a loss, but this team had a high powered offense and had been scoring quite a few points. And what did Virginia tech's defense do? Well, the first thing they did is they didn't quit in the second half. They shut down Van Dyke. His passes were dinky dunk. Little stuff, nothing big, under the zone. Yeah, they were moving the ball sometimes, but eventually we started getting stops and they had to punt the ball. They've got a kid with a leg. That kid's getting drafted. Everybody on the sideline, all the former football players and everything, man, that kid's got a leg. He's going to get drafted. He does. He's Well, you know what was nuts to to what you were saying earlier, John, was like that first half, Van Dyke was eating Virginia Tech's zone alive. He had zero issues beating us with his arm. And I was sitting there looking at this, and I was like, man, Miami's offense is on pace to put up 600 yards, and Lord knows how many points. Like, are we going to have another record broken on us? And they answered the mail. Virginia Tech's defense didn't quit. Honestly, when you look at the stats from the first half, it's a miracle that it was only 17 points, and that's because the defense didn't quit. Even when things were getting nasty. So I really like this culture that Brent Price seems to be instilling on both the offense and the defense. It's like, I don't care how bad it was last play. I don't care how you screwed up. Don't quit. Yeah. And it was, you know, standing on the sideline and the kids are leaving the stands and, you know, it's homecoming and the parties are going on and people are leaving the stands. And I'm like, I, I sent you guys a picture and I'm like, I'm on the sideline with everybody else. They're missing this comeback. We got a shot at actually winning this football game. Suddenly, we had scored the second touchdown, 
And there was still time left, a decent amount of time left on the clock that if we had just had like four more minutes or three more minutes, we could have won the football game. I mean, I mean, that's how close it was. The difference in this football game ended up being two critical plays, which number one was that fumble in the first series when we had a drive started. We were starting to get into a rhythm and boom, the ball popped out. And that touchdown, by the way, was the difference in the game. Watching that first drive, I was like, man, they are moving the ball against a pretty decent Miami defense. I was excited. And then, yeah, that fumble, and I know exactly what the second player are going to say, and I think this is actually a bigger one. Lofton's dropped touchdown pass. Like, that is a clear touchdown. We win that game 21-20. to Yep, that was a touchdown pass, and he knew it. And he did the, okay, you need to sit down and think about this move. I I know I'm going to have pictures. I don't know. I'll have to really dig around. But all I saw was the reach up and it was hit him right in the hands, right in stride. And you could see his eyes get huge. And it was like, no, look the ball into your hands first. Worry about running later. Get the ball. Get control over the ball. That's what they teach receivers time and time again. And that foop because he saw nothing in front of him. And I feel like drop passes were the name of the offensive game today because we saw several drop passes and there's been so many complaints on social media and folks being like, we need to bench well. And like, I, I feel like we can put those to bed, right? Particularly on that first touchdown drive at the beginning of the fourth quarter. That's not happening because those were design plays. That's happening because Grant Wells wouldn't quit and he made something out of nothing. And I also seem to see like a relationship, at least an on-field relationship developing between him and Thomas. Like there was a lot of nice passes out of the backfield from Wells to Thomas. One drop, which like I said, name of the game. The drop was a little behind him and off angle. It was like, uh, you could have put it at, if you had put that in front of him, like in over his left shoulder, he probably would have picked up. It could have been better. That's still a ball that should have been caught. Yeah, it should have been. It's still a ball that should have been caught. There's no doubt about it, but a receiver's going to catch it. A running back is going to be fishing. Although we did see David I don't know, Wilson. man. Our receivers we, weren't showing that today. <laughs> well, we saw David Wilson come out on the field, and he did a rah-rah for everybody. And he's, boy, has he and got backflips. Yeah, and he did backflips. Yeah, I don't know he if is. They he's put it on small. TV. But, but, man, he was yeah. doing backflips and everything. Ah, oh, man, he lit up the crowd, which kind of oddly, I think, kind of put some fire into the team, too, because it was a definite turnaround. I'm going to mention a name. Okay, it's a name that Brian has mentioned before. We we talked about the fact that Breon Murray is just outclassed. He's for whatever reason he needs to go back to football school. He's getting beat all the time, and now because everybody knows he's getting beat, they're picking on him. And he got picked on relentlessly, especially with that long pass. And Van Dyke, there are about four passes that Van Dyke threw that were just they were the oh shirt passes, you know, just like throw the ball up in the air that's the kind of pat he was under pressure and he just chucked the ball down the field and all murray had to do is turn around and knock it down he could have knocked that one down too there's He's a couple struggling. plays where it was a miracle we didn't get pass interference because yeah. of that not turning yeah. around so my thing is okay if he's a good kid and he's really working hard don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, but he needs to go back to defensive back school and he really needs to work harder and start to learn some of the more advanced skills of being a defensive back. And there's somebody on the sideline, and I'm, this is the, the name I'm going to mention, 
it's the boomer. Well, I'm not a baby boomer, but you know. you're not. What are you? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What are you? I, 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 my parents were from the lost generation, so I'm considered a tweener. So are you? What, what year were you born in? I was born in '59, but my parents never served. Oh no, yeah. World War II baby. I'm not a world, but the child yeah. of World War II parents. My parents were too young for World War II. They were a depression baby. Wow. So you're you're so, like just yeah. You're like me. Like you're yeah. like I was born in '82. Like I'm not a yeah. millennial, but I am. Yeah, exactly. You you so you know what it's like. You're a tweener. Well, well, here I always felt like you understood technology too much to be just a baby boomer, John. But I'm going <laughs> to refer to you as a boomer from go, going forward. All right, I'll live with it. But here's the deal. <laughs> There's this guy. I love his name. I mean, it's such a cool name. It really is. Mansoor Delaney. I want everybody to remember that name because that young man got put on the field in the second half and lit the defense on. He was knocking passes down. He was covering tight but clean. He was making tackles. I mean, I'm sorry. There's no reason why that freshman, that true freshman, should not be on the field for the rest of the season, period. I wonder if we're going to see that sort of change now. Like, these seniors have had the first half and, you know— Maybe it's time to start, like we've been saying for the last three weeks, maybe it's time to start having the young guns out there, right? So, you know, Mr. Lofton, thank you. We're going to shuffle the depth chart and we're going to give some of these younger players an opportunity to see what they can do. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. This season is a a big training camp for Virginia Tech right now where Brent Pry and his coaches are judging the talent and making decisions going into the future. Yeah, I saw an abysmal offense in the first half folks i mean you guys saw me texting from the field we finally got decent signal on the field especially in the south end zone and i mean i the first half it was like what offense are we running because it doesn't seem to register i mean i've seen tech mobile had better offensive plays okay but more adventurous no doubt more, more i mean it was just bad okay there, there were well there i mean what did we have i think we had 112 yards in the first yeah. half and then it we ended 280 ish it was like a significant improvement. So second half comes around. Suddenly you start seeing new guys in the in the lineup. I start seeing new linemen in the lineup. I start seeing new receivers in the lineup. I start seeing I start seeing Wells getting mixed plays mixing up where it's run here, pass here, pass here, run here. Oh, we're gonna open up with a pass. We're not gonna open up with a run. We're gonna take a chance and we're gonna go downfield. I was like, whoa, wow, where did this come from? I was kind of stunned. This is what Tyler Bowen needs to do. Okay, we know the talent's not there. We know it. some of it is. It's young and undeveloped. We know that the talent is there to compete with a few games in the next half. Maybe we can get enough to get a bowl game. I know we can probably, this team, the way it played in the second half, will beat Duke, will beat Georgia Tech, and they just lost a running back coach, and will beat UVA. But that only equals five. They've got to get one extra win. So, so my take is right now that Tyler Bowen needs to be open to getting new kids in and doing new and innovative stuff, not to win a bowl, not to win, again, to win each game, but to keep this program's momentum going. You've got to do something positive. You just can't go out there and walk into haymaker after haymaker, right? It just doesn't happen that way. Absolutely, John. I, and like one of my biggest concerns is I don't want to see the talent that we do have on the bench feel like they don't have a future at Virginia Tech and that they're going to seek potential somewhere else. 
and I've said this before, and I'll reiterate it, we need to have players that feel like they have an opportunity to develop. They need something. So put the young Bryce Dukes out on the field. Put the young Mansours out on the field. Let them get beat. Let them get the experience. Let them feel what it feels like. Let them understand what it is like to go up against an elite power five receiver. But don't let them languish on the bench. Let them go in and be supporting of your captains who are your seniors who are really playing hard. You know, surround your captains who have the experience. Get that knowledge on the field down to these new players. It is nothing like having to deal with it under fire, you know, live time. I, I, you, for, for anybody who's done anything in business or whatever, you can practice to your heart's content. You can run scripts to your heart's content. You can do tabletop exercises to your heart's content. There is nothing that substitutes for actually Exactly. An adage that we have in the military is that sims are great, but there's nothing like actually flying. So one of the things that I also want to bring up, though, and this might be a little bit of a hot take, which I'm fine with it, but if fourth quarter Virginia Tech shows up against a Leary-less NC State team, I think we've got a shot to beat NC State, right? If fourth quarter Virginia Tech shows up for at least three quarters against a backup trying to figure out how he fits into the offense who struggled last week when he was in the game after Leary left. For those of you that don't know, NC State's starting quarterback Leary unfortunately is done for the season. He's got to get season-ending surgery on his pectoral tear. So best of luck to that young man. But his experience not being on the field for Virginia Tech's next game presents a unique opportunity where, hey, our defense might be able to slow them down enough but our offense is going to have to do something against one of the best defenses in the entire country right now. And if fourth quarter Virginia Tech shows up with Grant Wells busting his tail and Malachi Thomas getting open, it could happen, right? That's my hot take is that fourth quarter Virginia Tech has a shot against NC State. That's right. And we haven't seen a fourth quarter Virginia Tech in, I think, at least 10 games. No kidding. Like like fourth quarter Virginia Tech is the best hokey team that I've seen on the field this season for sure. Yeah, and I, I go all the way back to the Carolina game last season, the opening game of last season. That is the best that. I've seen Agreed. the offense play in that much time. I mean, they just needed one more break, and they would have had this game. They would have been – Ross would have been kicking an extra point, and it would have been 21-20. I'm serious. Yeah, all, they needed Lofton to catch that ball. And that was, I I brought it up in in my Facebook live broadcast that we've gone from a position of the last three weeks where we're like pretty much every unit needs to improve for us to be competitive. And this week we're able to point at one play and be like, man, if we had got that one play, we're probably going to win this game. And that is, yeah, we took the L. But that's a fantastic progression from being where everything needs to be fixed to one play and we take down Miami and all of a sudden we're three and four. Got it. We're two and five now. But that's progression. That's what we want to see. And I really, again, have to reiterate, I very much appreciate the mental toughness that Brent Pry is instilling in these young men because it'd be easy to quit. And they didn't. And they still put themselves in a position to win the game in the last two minutes. It takes a lot to get on the field and your three-star talent, two, two-and-a-half, three-star talent, and you're faced against high three-star talent, you know, a bunch of four-star talent, and a couple of five-stars. It, it takes a lot of cheek to get on the field and win against that. And you got to develop it. And that's one thing that Beamer was really great at developing. And I think Pry is 
kind of picked up on it. And I'm seeing that turn. Okay, this is going to be, it's a super tanker. It's a, it's a carrier. Carriers don't turn very fast. And super tankers don't turn, they turn even slower. They got fewer screws. Carriers can turn pretty fast, man. Well, yeah, that's just what I'm saying. It's got pretty, you know, the carrier's got four four huge screws and two big rudders and tanker's got one screw and one rudder. So, you know, it's one of those things that, that you've got to realize that in this world, we have an incremental jump or an incremental creep. We just made an incremental jump. Let's see yeah. how it goes. We're going to preview the next game. It's going to be a brutal one. It's going to be tough, but it's winnable. If this new team shows up on the field, we got a shot. And everybody needs to keep their hopes up, keep their attitude going, and keep up on the good vibe that's gonna, that, that we've started. So, hey, Jay, you know, we got a few seconds left. What do you got to say? I think that this performance last month is the one that gives us the most hope. So fourth quarter Virginia Tech shows up against NC State. It's going to be a lot closer. It's the best defense we're going to face all year. It simply is. NC State's defense is legitimate. They have, you know, player or groups, particularly their linebackers, that are arguably the best in the entire country. So fourth yeah, quarter Virginia Tech shows up. Who are the two of the main coaches in that defense? Probably Char- former Hokie coaches. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Wiles and Brian Mitchell. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, 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 all right. Well, we've had a fantastic conversation here, John. Yeah. And I think we're in a position of hope instead of despair, which makes me very happy. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us today for this episode of Talking Turkey presented by SB Nation's Gobbler Country. If you haven't already, like and follow us on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter at Gobbler Country and check out the website, gobblercountry.com. Until next time. Thanks a lot, John. As always, how do we end? Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.